You're listening to the Art Problems Podcast, episode 41. I'm your host, Patty Johnson. This is the show where we talk about how to get more shows, grants, and residencies. And on this podcast, I'm going to talk about some of the cultural changes that we're seeing in the art world. And because of that, I've asked the artist Mark Joshua Epstein to join me to discuss this topic. So first, some context. Last week, Art News ran an article about Art Basel's corporatization that on its face might seem a bit banal. Basically, it's a growing business and Noah Horowitz, their new CEO, has been drawing talent from outside the world to create stronger company infrastructure and more efficient processes. All of that stuff sounds kind of boring. So why is this relevant? because Art Basel is the main economic force during the Miami Fair Week, which we just got done with. And the growth of the fair has an impact on the culture in Miami. And while the sales reports were decent, but not crazy, a lot of the news I read this week, which included the emergence of next level billionaires um, attending these things, seemed to indicate a growth and growing professionalization of the industry. And I think even between last year and this year, I've seen that shift impact artists, not just the billionaires and the giant art fairs. So with all of that context in mind, I invited Mark Joshua Epstein to come on the show. Why? Because Of all the artists I met and spoke with last week in Miami, Mark, you were probably the busiest artist I I had seen. (laughs) And I felt you also had the best handle on the job while in Miami. So, Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you, Patty. It's so great to be here. Well, and thank you for uh, coming on and also just being a complete pleasure to hang out with last week. (laughs) It was fun. We did get to have some dinners together. They were fun. Yeah. So can you give listeners a brief introduction to what you make, where you're located now, and where you are in your career? And then we can get to why you decided to attend the Paris. Sure. I am located in Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, a place I did not expect to live. I was in New York for about a decade, and then marriage and academia brought me out to the Midwest in about 2019. So here I am. What I make? I make non-rectilinear, three-dimensional abstract paintings that draw in kind of coded ways on queer identity and Jewish identity. So that's what I'm making right now, um, as well as kind of works on paper and various kinds of studies. In terms of my career, you know, these things are not linear, as as we all know, but this has been a kind of successful year. So the year started with a, a solo show at Asia Geisberg Gallery in New York, my first solo show at that gallery. And then um, I was also on a, a great fellowship at the Fine Arts Work Center in Provincetown for seven months, followed by another fellowship at the British the British school in Rome for three months. So, you know, we go through these up years and this has been kind of an up year, which is great. Yeah. And it sounded to me like um, this year was just building on other years of success, like at least from the outside, like 
Um, it's, did you have a residency recently at Golden too? Yeah. So I was very, very fortunate to spend a month. So the Golden Paint Company has a foundation and they have a residency in a town called New Berlin, New York. And you get to spend a month really learning about the science of acrylic paint, which to me as kind of a painting geek was like the biggest gift to just have a two hour workshop on primers and a two hour workshop on pastes and gels and airbrush. And, but, you know, I try and be pretty transparent about these things uh, when I'm talking to students or other artists. And so these, none of these things happened for my first application. I think golden, I applied for four or five times. The Fine Arts Work Center in Provincetown, I applied for a number of times as well. So I'm pretty persistent. So I try and just keep applying until the outcome is the outcome I want. I love that as a lesson because I think that a lot of us kind of get discouraged and just give up after a while. And, you know, the fact that that persistence has paid off, it's really nice to see. I think the reason that I wanted to have you on the show is because... You know, I saw you working very hard at the fairs. And I think that is, it's a funny thing to say about socializing. Because <laughs> you know? um, basically you, <laughs> yeah. you were talking true, to a lot of people, right? <laughs> what drew you out to the fairs? Because as I understand it, you weren't, you, you didn't have work at any of the fairs. Yeah, I didn't have work at any of the fairs. And to be honest with you, I wasn't going to go um, originally. And then I have a friend who is also a good friend of yours named Danielle Mishliviak, who had been uh, working on these amazing, beautiful paintings for County Gallery, for County's booth at Untitled. And she had been working so hard. And we had been in touch, kind of in a mutual support structure, like on the same team. I was encouraging her to encouraging her in her studio and she was making such beautiful work. And so she said to me, why don't you come down to Miami and see these paintings in person that we've been kind of talking about for probably almost a year or something. So that like, that was the spark where I thought, okay, well this, maybe this is like a useful thing because I think, you know, you mentioned and you're correct. I wasn't showing in any of the fairs and I feel like the last time I was showing in the fairs was maybe 2016 2017 the Miami fairs and I went down then but I always felt like there was a bit of a stigma if you weren't showing in the fairs there was kind of it was embarrassing to show up at the fairs and I've moved past that stigma finally and realized the incredible value of going down to Miami during fair week that's great. So why do you think there is that stigma attached to um, going to the fairs when um, you don't have work? I think there was one artist who said he described going to the fairs like watching your parents fuck, like it was something you <laughs> didn't want to do. <laughs> um, I mean, I have always been an artist who's like, of course, very interested in making work um, but I'm also very, very fascinated by how the chess game gets played and and both being a part of that and kind of moving chess pieces for myself and just kind of observing. So I'm always interested in who's moved from what gallery to what gallery and which galleries are showing at which fairs and things like that. I think the stigma exists because a lot of artists don't like art fairs, as you just said. And I think that's really understandable. And I can't say that I want to spend hours and hours and hours in every art fair. I don't. 
but I do find them fascinating and, and really useful. And so I think, you know, I had to decide early on when I got to Miami last week, what I was going to say, because when you're an artist and you're in Miami during fair week, everyone is going to ask you where you're showing. And so you want to have an answer that makes you feel, I don't know, like it's a little funny. So I would just tell people I was there for the vibes. And that was like, kind of true. You know, I was there for for the vibes. I wanted to see what the vibes were. But I think that, you know, for me, especially as an artist who doesn't live in New York anymore, but has a kind of base community in that city that I feel very connected to and that I see as much as I can on trips to the city, going down to Miami is a way of, it's almost like the economies of time and the economy of money makes Miami a really good bet for a lot of artists because you can see not everyone you need to see, but you can see a lot of people you need to see in a very short amount of time. And for me, that's useful and also incredibly enjoyable because I I like hanging out in the art world. When you said, hey, I'm I, like, I'm here for the vibes. What did that mean to most people? I mean, most people knew me. And so they were like, yeah, you're here because you live in Michigan and it's freezing in Michigan and it's, you know, warm. (laughs) It turned out to be not that warm (laughs) as we experienced, but warm-ish in Miami. You know, I think also like I'm gay. South Beach is a really fun place to go as a gay man. So I think like no one gave me a weird look. I think that um, everybody understood that I don't know if this has been a shift or just in my experience that it is okay to go and just see what's going on. Really. It's like, it was like a research trip kind of. Well, yeah. And I think that was one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about because I noticed uh, this year. So last year we had a network meetup. That's the membership that I run. And we had the meetup at the 11th street diner and we had a few people show up and it was small and nice and the membership of course has grown but this year i think we put up a notice about the meetup three days before it actually happened so it was not a lot of notice and we had a huge crowd come out like maybe awesome. 20 people which for an art fair i would say is quite a lot you know, like during art fair week, you're really busy doing things. It's very difficult to plan with people. We had this at nine o'clock in the morning, which nobody wants to get up at that time at <laughs> South Beach, like unless you're literally in the water. <laughs> like, so true. That is so it. true. That's that's not a fun time, but it is also the best time to meet because anytime after that, you're gonna be busy doing seeing the fairs and doing other things. So my sense was that more artists anyway have been going down and saying, okay, this is research. And to me, as somebody who spends my time as an art coach, this is, I think this is a very good thing because it's a very quick way to get really acquainted with a large number of galleries It's a great way to network and understand the scene. And I think that all of the art fairs have very different personalities, even from from place to place, right? So Nada New York is different than Nada Miami Beach. And I think it's really helpful to understand, you know, where your people 
are most likely to be so that you can show up there. Yeah, I think you're really right. It's, you know, I think I've made a shift in my own career from, I don't know, maybe this is because I'm in my 40s, where I just have started to to be much more intentional about the opportunities that I seek out and the people that I seek out. And, you know, I think when you're in your 20s and your 30s, maybe for me, I can just speak personally in my 20s, I was happy to show anywhere. I would, you know, it was just so exciting to get my work on a wall. And I think as my career has proceeded, I think a lot about what programs make sense, basically. And so the fairs for me, because I don't live in a city, a major city, no shade to Ann Arbor, but it's not a major city. Um, I The studio <laughs> visits, <laughs> the studio visits that I have with, with, new galleries who get in touch or who I get connected to are over Zoom. And so, you know, when I went down to Miami, I'm very methodical. And I went down with a checklist of the things that not necessarily I wanted to accomplish, um, not sort of capital A accomplishments, but just sort of the things I was inching towards and and how I was going to inch towards them more efficiently in Miami. So that meant the three galleries that I've had Zoom studio visits with in the past six or eight months, going to see those galleries, see their booths, see how the booths felt. If there was an opportunity, try and get some time with the gallerist, introduce myself, um, hang out a little bit if possible. And, you know, and, and that was really helpful for me in terms of sorting out like, okay, well, I know all of these galleries programs online, let's see how that how we vibe let's see like how it is to actually talk to the gallerist or see the booth or kind of see what the energy is like and for me that was really helpful to just go see those people in person and I also like things things are magical at the fairs I mean the fairs are problematic in a lot of ways as capitalism is problematic but I participate in that system and so um, for better or for worse and so you know there's magic that happens where like I mean, you just said this, like famously, it's very, very difficult to make plans during fair week. And the advice I would give everyone is do not go down there with plans. You know, I have a dear friend who asked me to do a studio visit while I was down there. And I had to say no, because it just wasn't what I was down there for. And I wanted to keep my plans as loose as possible because, you know, for example, um, I was out to dinner one night or having a drink one night with two friends and we... Uh, got a chance to hang out for like a half hour or 45 minutes with the painter Lisa Corinne Davis, whose work I really respect and whose career I really respect. And it was this amazing moment where over drinks, I got to ask her, you know, how it was to be represented by so-and-so and and how that came to be and how her work had matured and how her academic life had gone. And, you know, she was just like in the best way, so generous with information and that half hour or 45 minutes of interaction was absolutely worth flying down to Miami for three nights. It was, it was total gold. I love that. And, you know, I think the other thing that's important to just frame here for everybody else is that there's no direct path for you to get gallery representation out of a conversation like that. It's not about that in a lot of ways. It's about understanding other people's paths getting a sense of the landscape and where you fit within it. So all of that information is really important to understand because there's not one path that an artist takes. 
there's going to be a lot of different turns. So the more familiar you can be with the different roads out there, the better it is for you, the better you're going to be able to navigate that space. And I'm just curious, like I'm curious when I go see a show at a blue chip Chelsea gallery, I'm really curious about how that person got to where they are. And, and as you said, like not necessarily because I can map it onto my own career or anything, but it's just like, the more information we have as artists, I feel like the more um, nimble we can be with career choices. And it just feels really valuable to me. But I think, especially if you're an artist going um, and you're an artist who's maybe not showing at one of the fairs, in my view, your job is not to really strongly promote yourself to gallerists who are very, very busy at an art fair. You are meeting them and saying hi and complimenting them on their booth. Or I can say that's what I'm doing. And, and you know, maybe if you know somebody well, or if, if you've had a Zoom studio visit, you might like go for a coffee later or a drink. But I think it's really important when you walk through an art fair to be extremely cognizant of the kinds of interactions that are going on in a booth when you enter. And so even if it's a dealer, a gallerist that you know well, if they're in the middle of a conversation with somebody who looks like they could be a collector, then for me as an artist, I absolutely like don't bother them or I leave the booth or I, I do another loop and come back. I'm not a gallerist, but I could imagine something that would put a gallerist off is having a conversation with a collector interrupted by somebody that they don't know that well. So that's just sort of like a word to the wise is to be just like you're observing the art and you're observing kind of um, the whole situation and what's up in people's booths, like also be as aware as possible of the social interactions that are happening when you are at a fair in, in a booth. I think that's a, a really important point. And just to, I guess, uh, bring that home, your job while you are at an art fair is not to get a gallery. Like that's not what the trip is about fundamentally. It's a research trip. It's about making connections. It's about seeing the art. It's about like evaluating the vibe, as you said, and figuring out like what vibes match with who you are and where you wanna show. And so not only is it a bad time for the gallerist to be talking about, you know, the representation or your work, it's a bad time for you to be talking about your work, right? It's not the right context for you. And so, like I had one gallerist who I was in his booth just looking at the paintings at Untitled and he asked my name and then he said, oh, your name is familiar can you please show me, get get your phone out and show me your work? And that, and I did that, but that is not, for me, that was not the job. My job was not there, not to be there to show people my work. My job was just to sort of like fill in my mental Excel spreadsheet about these various galleries. You know, and I also think, and, and Patty, you talk about this a lot, but like, if we want galleries to care about us, we have to care about galleries. And so it's about for me going and, and showing support, even to a gallery that I don't think I'm ever gonna show with, but that um, I'm friendly with, I wanna go support, post a picture, give them some compliments, it's reciprocal. And you know, I'm trying to be a part of this community in a number of different ways. And one of those ways is to just show these galleries some love because 
say what we might about different kinds of galleries. And of course, like blue chips are in a different situation than independence, et cetera. But it's like, you know, economically kind of a tough time for these businesses. And so um, I think it's nice just to go kind of cheer them on also. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Now, the other question I have for you, um, do you think there was there would be any time in your career where like a trip to the fairs would be problematic like it wouldn't work out for you it wouldn't be a good time like um is there a time to avoid art fairs i think that's a really interesting question you know i think it's not a done deal for me that i'll go every year from here on out whether i'm showing or not i think it's it was it's expensive you know yes. it is an ex, it's an expensive few days um, none of us stay at particularly nice hotels and everyone still spends a lot of money. You know, I think that is a major consideration, like getting an Airbnb or a hotel, you are either renting a car or um, in an Uber or Lyft, at least some of the time. I mean, you could bike to some places, but not everywhere. And I, I'm not a, an urban biker. So yeah. We had wanted to be able to use city bikes, but most of them were in use. So uh, okay. we, we were unable to use the bikes. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Other times where, okay, so that's one consideration, right? Like, you know, finances are very real. I happened to be in a position that I could do this um, this year. I think other things to consider are um, if you don't have a base, if there aren't galleries that, um, gallerists that you already know or artists that you know are going to be down there who you can either see intentionally if they're at a fair or run into on the street. It might be better either to wait till you have a little bit more of that or go with a buddy. It's nice to have a buddy there because you can walk around fairs together if you want to. And, you know, if you stop to talk to somebody, um, it's nice to have a buddy who can kind of promote you and you can promote them. Um, not in a like nefarious way, but just sometimes it feels better to say to someone, oh, my friend Adam, you should check out his work, rather than to say, oh, please check out my work. And I think it's nice to sort of like have that system going. The other reason, you know, this this is the opposite answer, but I think it's also important to go, if you, if you can handle it time-wise and financially, to just support friends of yours who might be in the fairs. So beyond exciting for me to see Nicola Pottinger's solo booth for Mrs. Gallery at at Basel at the at the big fair. Besides being someone I really like and respect as a person, just a body of work or, or a, a studio practice that I've been following for probably five years, it was wildly exciting to be able to see the develop the developments in Nicola's practice. So yeah, okay, but going back to what when are times you shouldn't go. I don't know. I think it's also like, and you can speak to this, Patty, because you were there. It is an endurance sport for a few days. It, it's I can't really describe the intensity and why socializing is so intense like if you don't have room in your life if you're already stretched getting to your studio if you are stretched because of your day job or your family responsibilities which are all extremely real things one could be stretched by maybe it's not the year for you to go maybe you go the next year yeah i think the financial end of things is the is the thing where i would really say okay if this is going to stress you financially it's not a good time to go. Otherwise, consider it. And also, you know, yes, the Miami fairs are, you know, one of the major sets of fairs. But if you don't live in a city, think about like 
what are the fairs that you live closest to? Can you go to Chicago? Can you go to LA? Can you go to Mexico City? You know, like, can you can you invest the least money possible for for kind of the biggest impact either on your career or just on your kind of ethos and on your on your brain, on your information gathering? So to summarize the times when I think it's not a good idea to uh, to be visiting the fairs, financial realities uh, that many of us face, if you are feeling like this is going to stress you financially, don't go. Like you can go in another year at another time when it's not going to be a burden on you. I think also if you are sort of struggling with mobility issues, the fairs are actually quite physically taxing. Um, you have to walk around a lot, even if you're getting in cabs to various places. It it does require a lot of endurance. Plus, there's a lot of extracurricular work, let's say, that uh, can involve dance halls and swimming and all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of uh, physical activities that you would conceivably be missing out on. But I guess the other question I have as it pertains to like do I do I want to go to a fair like this is it going to be worth my time is Florida politics mm, um, yeah because Florida politics are bad anytime I spend money in Miami that whole week I kept thinking about Ron DeSantis having a small portion of that money to do things with and like He's not going to do anything good with it. So I do feel really conflicted about spending any money there because I don't think that the taxes are going to go to good causes. Yeah, I totally hear you. I think I don't want to be in Florida. I mean, I do want to be in Florida, but a different Florida. I don't want to be in the current Florida with the current administration there. I think I also thought about that. And, you know, hopefully one way to frame it at least a lot of the restaurants that I I ate at and some of them I ate at with you are small businesses or seem like small businesses. And so hopefully, you know, there's a way of kind of offsetting taxes to the state by, by helping to prop up these businesses. I went to Twist, the kind of famed South Beach gay bar, and that money I felt fine about spending. <laughs> Buying right. drinks at Twist <laughs> felt really, it felt really like righteous in a way. But yeah, I think that's real. I mean, it is a terrible place for queer people. It's a terrible place for trans people. It's not a great place for people of color, people with disabilities. It's just like, you know, he is kind of as awful as it gets. Yeah. So I think that that's uh, one thing that we all have to navigate while we're there. Now, um, the last thing I wanted to talk to you about was the art itself, because we go there to network, we go there to sort of see how the sausage is made and like what for a lot of business reasons but at the core of it i think there's uh, a lot of art to be seen and i wondered what art you saw that you really liked i saw so much art that i really liked i mean it helps that i really like art you know i will be honest and say i guess the order that i went in over the days was i went to the untitled fair i went to nada the next day and design Miami. And then I went to Basel the last second to last day I was there. And by the time I got to Basel, it was a little hard to see the wood for the trees. It was a little, it was very packed. Right. And it was just kind of like my brain was sort of saturated. But I will say highlights at that fair 
Nicola, who we talked about, also um, Matt Bollinger's solo booth was absolutely beautiful. The paintings are so gorgeous um, and evocative and sad. And other standouts were definitely uh, at Untitled High Noon Gallery from the Lower East Side there, solo booth of Ryan Crotty paintings, I adored. Ossia Geisberg's booth, especially Katarina Reising's work, I adored. Our friend who we who we talked about, Dan Danielle Mishliviek's beautiful uh, woven paintings at County Gallery at Untitled. Um, I will tell you also, like, I really like the small projects. So like, I like the Not Affair. I like when you get to the back of the Not Affair and for some reason, like the floor color changes from black to white. So there's like a visual shift and yeah. um, it's cool. And standouts back there were 100% Shelter Gallery's presentation of Jackie Cedar's absolutely poetic, heartbreaking little paintings. And I also loved back there, Noon Gallery, uh, Noon Projects from LA had um, Alex Kerr's kind of ceramic lamp sculpture hybrid. So there is, I mean, there is so much good work to see. But the thing, the thing also that was the biggest surprise, and I saw this on my way to the airport, actually, was this space that I'd never been to um, with you, and you were also there at uh, El Espacio 23 for this kind of mind-blowing group show, like very stunningly curated, thoughtful group show called To Weave the Sky, which was about work that had some relationship with textiles and the work was drawn from the Perez collection. So that show was bananas good. Oh yeah. It was so amazing. It was so good. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get over. I mean, there's a blue Robert Motherwell woven piece that I like, I saw the woven signature of like the RM and I was like, God, that looks so familiar, but it was such an unfamiliar medium for him that I was like, who is this? What is this? And, <laughs> and it was amazing, like minimalist piece that I uh, was really surprising. And I think one of the things that was so exciting about that show was the uh, curation itself and how the curation kind of mimicked, in my opinion, the the kind of overall consideration by the artists of the mediums they were using because mm. the mediums, so it was, a, it was a, a show that explored abstraction through textile. And I don't know that I necessarily thought of textile as something that is inherently about you know, an all over approach, a front and a back or necessarily sculptural, but all of this work, whether it was on the wall or moving off the wall, you were always considering texture, the front, the back, even if you couldn't see it, its relationship to space and all of the work felt where like the medium felt fully transformed in yeah. whatever way that the artist approached it. So it was, it was uh, all of the groupings were organized by themes. So you might see something around politics or something like that. And then, you know, other themes around abstraction. Um, but then the curation itself found nooks and crannies inside the uh, space 
to activate even the most unusual or unlikely spaces were hung with works that looked like they were made for that space. It was a really exciting show to see. And that space was so generous. Like they were, I mean, maybe this sounds silly, but this is actually really important to me. Like there were couches that you could sit down on. There were bathrooms that you could use. It was free. Like I just felt, and you know, I know there's more and more of a movement to think through kind of seating in galleries and comfort in galleries. And that's also an access issue um, that people like, you know, Finnegan Shannon are working around. But I, I just, it, it was really just like a nice place to be, I think. Well, I was just going to say that that, that that stands in contrast a lot of times to the art fair experience where there isn't enough places to sit down. And if you do want to sit down, you have to pay to sit down. So yeah, you can sit down and eat for a limited period of time and you're going to spend a minimum of $30 just to sit down. Yeah, you're going to spend a lot of money. I mean, it's interesting. I was thinking about access and like folks with mobility um, concerns at the art fairs because, you know, the fairs themselves... Well, that's not true for Basel, which is upstairs, but for Untitled, definitely, which is on the beach and there are no steps to entry. And I saw folks um, using uh, wheelchairs and different mobility assistance devices in that fair. Like the fair itself is sort of accessible in some ways, but also not accessible in other ways. And just what you said, if you need a place to sit down they aren't always provided for free, which is a problem. Just want to add one thing yeah, yeah. to that, which <laughs> is that while the Untitled Fair looks like it is um, accessible, and it is in the sense that, you know, you um, there's no stairs to get into it. If you want to use the bathroom, you have to go upstairs. I think that there's also a kind of limited amount that people are thinking about accessibility. So so you see it partially thought through, but not entirely thought through. And I think that's why I do see that there are issues with art fairs as it pertains to accessibility. They're just not, there's something about them that feels almost inherently ableist in the way that yeah. they're constructed. Also, I mean, if you're paying, so full transparency, I did not pay to get into any of these fairs. I either had uh, galleries who helped me out with um, tickets or friends who worked for foundations who had plus ones. If you, if one is paying for these fairs, I think Basel alone is something like $75 to get into. It's crazy. Yeah, that's for general admission. So general admission is $75.90 if you want like a slight premium. Um, and that's not even counting the VIP days. Those those tickets are much more. And Basel is cheap compared to Freeze, which starts oh at 175. <laughs> I did not know that. That's crazy. It's really, really expensive. Do you have uh any last parting thoughts that you would like people to know before we uh, take a break? I will say, if you're in Miami, if you're in South Beach, think about where you're choosing to eat dinner and make sure there are seats open around you so that when people walk by who you inevitably will know, they can sit down and hang out for a drink. 
that is so smart. And actually, we did that. We did that. We did, <laughs> we did that. that. Yeah. We did that very intentionally. Um, and it always worked because there were always going to be people that walked by who we wanted to sit down with us. So that was really fun. Yeah, uh, that's totally. a great piece of advice. Uh, <laughs> so, Mark, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your experience with everyone. And I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. If you're thinking about going to an art fair, uh, the next ones on the schedule are in LA. I'm going to be going there this year. And this is actually my full transparency to everyone here. I have not gone to the LA art fairs yet. So this is my first time. I'm going to go back and come back and report to you what I have found out. And that's that's a wrap. Thanks so much, Mark. Thank you so much, Patty. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review and share it with a friend. It really helps get that valuable information out to more artists just like you. You can find all of the names and the links that we reference in this conversation at workshop.art/podcast.